You're listening to the Creative Habits Podcast, exploring the boundaries of creativity with artists from around the globe. And now your host, Wyatt Christman. This is Wyatt with Creative Habits Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. This morning we have Darth Chisholm on the line, and uh, we're going to be talking about some of the creative habits she has in all, her Hustle and Heart video podcast, as well as many other things. And Darth, thanks a lot for coming on the show. So excited to be here, Wyatt. Thank you. Yeah, and so if you could give our listeners uh, just a window into brief window into who you are for those that don't know you. Brief window, or maybe we'll just turn up the whole volume on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am, I, I guess I should foremost say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had multiple businesses, both online and offline, brick and mortar, uh, recently uh, became an author. I am a speaker, and I'm also a life and business coach. But I came to all of this after a transition of over 25 years in television. I used to anchor the news at the NBC affiliate in Pittsburgh, and uh, really really loved what I did, but knew about three years ago that I wanted to make a transition to really following my heart and following my heart's desire. And that was twofold. One was to spend more time with my son who was going into his senior year of high school. And I was so busy working at the television station. I had an aerial fitness studio. I was also involved and quite successful in a network marketing business. And I was hustling, doing a lot of uh, busy work, uh, enjoying my life, but I was also missing the opportunity to spend as much time with my son, who, as I said, was going into a senior year of high school. And this prevailing thought of him leaving to go to college and me not spending as much time with him, and more importantly, in the stands at his football games on Friday, was eating me alive. And I had to make a sacrifice. I had to jump. I had to make a decision. And most people would think that I would have sold the studio or perhaps cut down on my time with my other company. And instead, what I decided to do was to leave a very successful television news career so that I could uh, pursue growing that company, uh, It Works Global, as as a distributor, and then uh, spending more time with my son. And that's exactly what I did. And within a fairly short period of time, about six to seven months, I became the 54th highest paid distributor out of 70,000 other It Works Global distributors and sat in the football stand in that fall Uh, with my son and watched his football games. And he subsequently graduated and now is a junior at Vanderbilt University. For me, life changed a lot after that. Um, I continued to to work in that business, but then also discovered podcasting and uh, really discovered video podcasting and, and decided that I would bridge my desire of telling the stories of other entrepreneurs and really understanding what's their hustle and heart and what is it that drives them every day to get up and and live their lives and and pursue their passions uh, and why they do it and what's the heart in it. And so I started Hustle and Heart TV. Uh, It is a video podcast and that it uh, is available on YouTube as well as um, on my website, but also can be listened to obviously on, on iTunes and the other podcast directories. And so I did Two seasons of that, 57 episodes, um, extracted a lot of that material from my interviews with my guest and put a book together, which is called Hustle, Why Now is the Time to Unleash Your Passions. And so more recently, I have been promoting the book and speaking and touring 
and uh, coaching. I became a certified life and business coach about three years ago. And now I get to work one-on-one with, with other business owners, really helping them to pursue their hustle and their heart. So that's a lot, I know, but <laughs> I tried to, I tried to put it in a in a small nut, if you will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it's great. It's great to make the leap, and a lot of people uh, sometimes they need a push. Um, and when it's eating at you enough, you know, you'll push yourself. And it's great that that you did so and, and went for it. And one of the things I know, I, I think is interesting is the the hustle and heart the the way those are in some ways kind of opposite, you know, cause you, mm-hmm. you've got that hustle, which has been made popular by yourself and other people like Gary uh, Vaynerchuk. And it's, um, it's something entrepreneurs can understand, but, but the heart, getting the heart in there, how do you, how do you, you know, personally keep heart in the business world of, you know, competition and, and efficiency? In a couple of different ways. First off, in describing the hard part of hustle and heart in terms of the the terminology or the definition, at least in my mind, is when you're loving what you're doing, then the hustle doesn't feel quite so much like work. And oftentimes when we're working at something that we don't love, we don't do it or we don't do well or, or we don't pursue it to its final destination or at least to its entire fulfillment. And so I see the heart in really loving what you do and showing up every day fully, being fully engaged in your mind and your heart and your body in whatever that is, whatever your hustle is. The other piece as it relates to heart is is perhaps more in line with what you mentioned, and that's in business, oftentimes, you know, we don't see that. People are, are, are very um, pragmatic. They're um, to, to many degrees, very driven and less concerned about, more concerned about the dollar, if you will, um, as opposed to the Dharma. <laughs> and so they see themselves, you know, busy whacking away, but not really caring so much about the other people's lives that they may in fact be impacting by doing what they do. And I believe that when we bring more heart to any matter, to whether it's a business or a project or, you know, a relationship, it, it changes the dynamics. It changes the experience, not only for ourselves, but for the other people involved. Right, right. And let's say that, and that all definitely makes sense, but let's say someone takes their passion and they go for it and it becomes businesslike, meaning they start with that passion and it is what they love, but they soon have to resort in some ways to the competition and efficiency that drives business itself and the hustle. And what are some exercises that people can do to keep the heart in what they do, you know, alive in the day to day so that they don't like lose that passion? It's not necessarily losing the passion. It's just that that they do it so formulaically, let's say, because business uh, and efficiency, you know, results in that that formula that must come out in some ways, automation and so forth. So how do you how do you bring that heart? still back into it or, or alive, re, re-engage the heart, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it is important as it relates to the hustle that we are focused on competition and on automation and on uh, the, the day in and day out, you know, the, the consistency of the things that we do that, that oftentimes gets us so busy that we, we really feel like we don't have time to care. Uh, or, or showcase the heart, if you will. And it's, it's almost like seeing them as two sides of a coin. And, and if, we, if we keep the side of the coin where the hustle is always exposed and the heart is down on the table, uh, then we, we will, in fact, lose sight of it. And every once in a while, we need to flip the coin and ask ourselves, why? 
you know, why does this matter? Why is this important to me? Why do I care to work so hard at something? Uh, and how? How is this impacting others? And uh, is what I'm doing, you know, really meaningful? You know, is it is it just that I'm so busy, you know, trying to beat out the competition and work really hard that I, I really don't even care about the meaning anymore? Then then we use that. So you, I think you asked the question about if is are there tools or, or things uh, that one could do? I think it's to ask yourself those questions. Why am I doing what I do? How is it impacting others? You know, and, and why does it matter? And I, I think if we can always re-engage, if you will, with those those answers from time to time, they help to keep us in balance. Right. Balance. And then maybe sometimes taking out the automation to review it again, you know, in some, some ways that might, uh, that might help, uh, flipping the coin, like you said, um, and, and saying, okay, this has been automated, but let's look at it again with, with the heart of, with those questions mm -hmm. and see if it still makes sense and, and maybe alter it a bit if it doesn't. So, yeah, nice. So that's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because the book hustle, which you've, um, you got out how you know have you kept track because you you uh in the business of this uh to to stay motivated to to write this uh even though you have a crazy pace of, of life um you know going how, how did you keep motivated and keep on track for writing the book yeah yeah it's interesting i'm glad you asked the question i actually finished it in about six months and and i know most people who have a book in their belly, it's, it's still there. It takes a while to birth a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and it does. I, and I, and oftentimes when I say that to people, they're like, really? Like I've been trying to do this for six years. I think for me, part of it was I totally instituted this mindset around hustle as it related to getting the book done. I, I gave myself a deadline and knew that I wanted it out at a certain time. Now, the interesting thing is I was done with the writing and had gotten it to uh, a couple of um, editors to, to look through and clean up. And the process from that point going forward and then actually getting it printed and published took, you know, a few more months, but the actual writing of it came together relatively quickly because I, I instituted for me a deadline that I had to have done. I was so, I was in the process of becoming certified as a coach on two different tracks. So I was very busy doing that. I'd obviously left the station by then and had a little more time on my hands, but I, I gave myself writing time that was scheduled into my calendar that had to be done. And I purposely sat down and wrote at, at, at that given time. And there were times that I'd have writer's block where I just couldn't get anything out. Uh, the other thing that I did was I had taken some of my speeches and went back and, and decided that the material that I'd spent hours writing really deserved to be in the book. And, and that, that gave me the opportunity to pull out chunks from previously written speeches. Uh, a lot of the book also talks about my life story. And, and so I, I tell subsequent periods in my life when I'm because it is about an you know a young entrepreneur who who ultimately you know discovered that you know I was just a TV person on TV playing a TV person when really all I've ever been was a serial entrepreneur. So I pulled out the bits and pieces of my life that showcased when I had you know small businesses along the way. Uh, some of it is you know 
very authentic and raw. I mean, I, I, I was challenged to, to some degree to, to really go deep and, and say for the first time, you know, tell for the first time, if you will, a couple of stories in the book, which for, for my friends, you know, I'm a very public person. And so for them to read that, they thought to themselves, wow, I didn't even know that. But, but I truly challenged myself to get as authentic as I could in the book. Uh, to write it in a very short period of time, and to really give the readers uh, a lot of practical information about how to unleash your passions and why now is the time to do it and not to hold back and to really charge forward with our desires and our beliefs to to live our best lives. And the book is really, a, it's, a, it's a short motivational book, if you will. And But to get it done in six months, I, I did exactly that. I said, if you're going to write a book about hustle, you got to hustle to get it done. And, <laughs> and I wanted to live that truth. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Living the truth of the book is, is uh, where it's at. But you're sitting down there you've scheduled in your calendar you've hit that uh, blank page so to speak the uh, you know writer's block what uh, tools did you use to um, jumpstart your motivation at that point in time you know I started talking it out I, I started recording it because the writing I, I realized that part of the writer's block was literally the function of having to move my fingers across the keys but the thoughts were still in my head and so I would just start recording and when I went back to listen to some of it some of it was just ramble because that that's what was occurring in this writer's block head of mine sure. but I realized there were pieces that that deserved to be in the book and as I went back and listened it gave me pieces to go back pull out and then write into and you know I would offer that as, as advice for anyone who's who is in the process of writing a book and that is if you find yourself stuck and you're you're looking at the keyboard or at the screen and you're like I just can't get it out to talk it out to grab a recorder it doesn't even have to be a fancy. I got a dragon and I never even used it because it was like, just turn the recorder on the phone and <laughs> just make it simple and just start talking it out and then give yourself the time to go back. And, and a lot of it may be rambling, but there, I'm sure there are pieces in there that you can pull out and then type that onto a page and start from there. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Taking away the obstacle of just writing because people do find it painful at times to do that and just getting the ideas out and then going through those ideas and finding the golden kernels that, yeah, beautiful. So it's, it's there and you've written this book and hustles out there and you're hustling with the hustle <laughs> to get mm -hmm. out there. But, um, but during that process, did you find you're, you're ready for the next one? Are you working on another book or? Wyatt, I have to say, I, I, when I was done with this process, I said, I don't know that I'd write another book. And you know, even my assistant, uh, who had assisted me with the book and, and a multitude of other things, uh, and as well as an editor on the book, said, oh, no, Darius, you'll get another one out. And it's, you know, you've, you, you enjoy writing, you enjoy motivating and encouraging people. I can't imagine that you wouldn't. But at the time, I said, no. It's interesting that I just wrapped up a speech in Denver and acknowledged that pieces of that speech are going in a new book. So after I said it, I said, and I said it to an audience, I said, oh, there I go. I guess I'm in the process of formulating the pieces for another book. Yeah. So I guess the answer to your question is, yes, there's, there, there will be another one. <laughs> Good. 
Good, yeah. And sometimes, you know, you can't help it when you get on that uh, on that path. You know, it's 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 kind of hard to stop because there are so many things to share and different branches, uh, you know, to keep going with. But it does take that sweat equity, and it's a great idea. But when you get down to it, uh, sweat equity, it's like okay, this has to be, you know, solid. So. Um, that's, I, I hope, I hope you do, uh, you know, come through with that, that next one. I know you will, but, uh, but it, that's great to hear. So, you, you know, one of the things, uh, with your hustle and heart video podcast, you, um, talk to some of the makers and I, and I wanted to uh, get uh, from you what you thought about the state of the quote unquote maker movement and, and how you think people can kind of plug themselves into that and be a part of it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm fascinated by the maker movement and you'll see that on, on my series, I interviewed three makers and, uh, actually ended the series with, with the last one who developed, uh, something called Boxy. Uh, and, and his story is, is fascinating as are the other stories of the people that I, I did interview. Uh, but the maker movement in and of, in, of itself, I think is such a, uh, such a useful, um, opportunity for people who have creative desires but do need a place to pull those together. And oftentimes, you know, people who, who yeah, I don't know, they, they've dreamed up something that needs a patent and then specialized machines and, you know, um, the labor involved that one sitting in their basement as they, they have this idea would often be shut down. Like, okay, now how do I begin this process? You can easily go to, there, there are several, um, uh, places that people can go to, to get their designs launched and off the ground and work with other people in a space where if you need a fabricator or you need a designer or you need a carpenter or you need, you know, someone who can, who understands a CAD machine, I mean, all of those pieces are readily available um, at places like Tech Shop. And, you know, I know there's a variety of others. I didn't necessarily want to name theirs, but I, I know that they're probably the most widely known. And I just think it's it's fascinating. And so no more um, are the days where you you have this great idea and this invention and you start to say, well, how, how do I pull that off? Well, go to a tech shop, go to a place where makers are um, welcomed and begin that process. And it, it's, it's like I said, it's fascinating. And, and I love that, um, especially in um, President Barack Obama's administration, he really earmarked a lot of time and, and dollars and, and initiative to, to support the maker movement and the opportunity for inventors and people who are makers themselves to, to plug into ready-made systems to, to help them grow their inventions and ideas. So it's, it's a, this is the perfect time. I mean, it just makes absolute sense. It definitely does, and it's it's plugging into other people and getting inspired by them from around the world. I mean, you can literally get your inspiration from other people around the world and get funding from people around the world and no longer, you know, rely upon someone at a bank making the decision for you. You have mm -hmm. users who, you know, through Kickstarter and other mediums are able to, to get you going. Um, and it's great plugging into that. And uh, it's it's it's... It's it's the process of um, of continuing beyond that though that I think um, you know some people miss out on, which is like you know even just the basics of a website or building an audience, um, you know, and and it's it's that uh, okay, uh, you know, not necessarily wanting to 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 put themselves out there that much, and you know, so it's 
how do you how do you translate like let's say your your heart which is your art into business you know how how do you make it something that um you know you can publicly bring to other people what's a good you know process to really boil that out of you so that you when you go to those groups or when you go to those places it makes sense to other people you know do you have some ideas on that or i think you tell your story I think you tell people why it is that your art is your heart. Uh, I think people get that. And you could be talking about the most complicated uh, art, if you will, or, or idea that uh, you know, you're extremely passionate about. And in some way that your story about why it's important or how it's going to help people or what its service is, uh, people people will identify with, particularly if you're in your right audience. And that's the other thing is that you, people will, will understand the beating of your heart when you're in a tribe or when you're in an audience that, that hears it, that knows it, they know it. It's, you know, I, you know, I I couldn't necessarily with what I do, um, walk into an environment that, you know, has, no interest in, let's say we were talking about podcasting or video podcasting and expect them to, to really understand it. But what they might understand is my desire to do it and why I enjoy telling other people's stories and why that's important. And and if they get that, then that's, if you will, kind of the beating of the heart. Right. Right. And it's, it's making sure it's authentic uh, to you, right? So that when you mm-hmm. do bring it out, people recognize that. Um, it's, mm-hmm. If it's too shallow, they'll you won't get that same response. But yeah, going to the right audience, that does make a lot of, a lot of sense. So you you travel uh, around a lot and and mm-hmm. speak uh, to different groups, and it, that's a lot of energy. What what keeps you motivated to kind of keep doing that and engaging with people? You know, traveling different places and and talking to them. Mm-hmm. It, part of it is because as my mantra or, or one of my goals in life is to, to truly be available to help people see the best version of themselves. And I, that's why I coach. That's why I enjoy the opportunity to work one-on-one with individuals to really help them get unstuck and focus uh, as best as they can on their best desires and then move forward into that by creating a, a course of action or charting a course uh, that, that looks like system structure support, but also looks like um, really growing that that business or that brand or that idea. And when I'm traveling and I'm speaking is so that I'm in front of audiences and in not only telling my story, but finding from them why it's important for them to live the best version of themselves. And that is interwoven in everything that I do, whether it's me speaking or coaching or in my book, or even when I'm interviewing someone, I'm always interested in understanding what makes you tick. What's your hustle about? What is it that that drives you to, to, to do what you do? And, and are you in fact living or, or at least aspiring to live the best version of your life? And it, it's, it's, as I said, it's just, it's woven throughout everything that I do. And that if, if someone were to say, so what drives you, what keeps you going? It's that it, it truly is. And, you know, I enjoy engaging with others and uh, the opportunity to, to sit with someone and, and, and learn more about them. And, um, you know, if I can even take that and then share that with someone else, that's even better. I don't know. Maybe it's all my 20 years in, in, as a journalist, that, that is the reason why I enjoy that. But, but I do at the, at the deepest level, 
love to understand, um, you know, why it is that we do what we do and, and how we get our enjoyment out of it. All right. Nice. So uh, are you going to be doing another uh, video podcast? You did the series. You, you uh, Are you going to do another one? I, another interesting question. You are just great at trying to pull me out here on the <laughs> Uh, I have been, I would, what I have been considering is actually doing more of an, just an audio pod, podcast, the video, I, if anyone goes to watch them, and I certainly hope that the people listening will do that. And we, I poured a lot into this production wise. I mean, we literally would take three cameras out on location and sit in the homes or the offices or the space where, um, my guest really enjoyed working and hustling, so to speak. And, you know, we, it's a half hour, uh, it's all video. And so obviously the post would include editing and, and I use music and, graphics. I mean, I come from the world of TV, so obviously I wanted to, to do that and do it at a level that I felt extremely proud of. But it did take a lot of work and, a, and, a, and obviously money uh, involved with doing it. And we had sponsors along the way, so I was able to, to monetize that. But to answer your question, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy interviewing people. And what I may end up doing is actually creating a version of Hustle and Heart where I'm t- doing what it is that you're doing. And that's obviously interviewing people over Skype and or a recorded line and making that available quite possibly on podcast directories, but also throughout my, I have a fairly extensive database. And so I would email that out to allow my tribe to listen, uh, all as well as call in. And that's why I feel like I want to have it as a recorded line and interview other experts and people who are, um, hustling, if you will, uh, and share their stories in that format. So that's where my mind has been is that I would do that at the beginning of the year, open that up to the public in a different way. And for me, keep it simple. My life is, is really going in, in a lot of different beautiful directions. And as much as I enjoy interviewing, I want to be able to do it in a simple way. And to me, the best way feels like, you know, getting time on the phone with someone and talking with them in the way that we're doing this. Definitely. And then providing some interactivity in, in, in a group, Facebook group and, and being mm-hmm. able to, to have that feedback that you get, mm-hmm. uh, you know, along the way with your audience, which is so important to build. It's so great that you do have that audience in hand you know, a lot of people uh, skip that part uh, along the way. And it's so important, you know, from the art that you make to any sort of business you have is to try to build, uh, you know, uh, an audience, uh, not so you can spam them, but so you can interact and really uh, get personal with them and, and give them, uh, you know, more uh, than they might get uh, publicly. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and that part I do, I enjoy that. I enjoy, you know, the times that I've hosted just calls and invited other people on to talk and we open the lines and, and allow people to ask my guest questions uh, and, and or ask me questions is, is a different level of engagement. Uh, but I do enjoy that. And while it's some, it's obviously much simpler than going out on location with three cameras and lights and microphones and, and then putting it together and then showcasing it, this exchange is where I see so much value. And so if I can give my audience the opportunity to be on the call with me, to listen to the interview and then ask the guests a question and get it answered, I think that's vitally important. And I feel myself moving in that direction. And so it's just a matter of mapping out the time and being consistent in doing it. And of course, then promoting it and, you know, opening, opening the lines up, um, to, 
you know, obviously making it available to those people who want to be on the call. Nice. Uh, well, I look forward to hearing it. Um, any any last advice for uh, those creators out there, uh, you know, f- uh, to keep them moving towards, uh, you know, or meshing business or moving towards, um, you know, uh, getting their art out there? And where can people uh, find you if they want to know more? Yeah, definitely. So they can find me at DariusChisholm.com. D-A-R-I-E-T-H, Chisholm, C-H-I-S-O-L-M.com. The information, the book is there. You can actually watch some of the episodes of Hustle and Tart TV. Um, Get some more information if you're interested in coaching and and, uh, just follow me from that standpoint. It'd be great if you sign up for my newsletter so that when I do start uh, the the Hustle and Tart conversations, uh, you'll be able to to interact with that as well. So if you hop onto my my email list at any point on my website, then then you'll be in touch with me. But the two, I'd actually like to share two things, Wyatt, if I could, as it relates to your question. Um, And and the first one is done is better than perfect. And I, I, I truly, truly believe that. And I don't care what it is that you're doing. Just just know that it doesn't have to be perfect for you to get it out there and share it. And you can get it, you can move towards perfection along the way. But if you're waiting for it to be perfect, it'll never happen. And, and this thought of perfection really creates this, this paralyzation. And we've got to get past that. So done is better than perfect. And the second piece is, is somewhat mirrors that, but it is, it's allowing things to just be awkward before they're elegant. It's okay that it's a bit awkward and clunky, uh, you know, on your way to, to creating what it is that you're doing. Just let it be awkward before it's, it's elegant. It will get there over time. Time is an, is an amazing asset. And the more we respect it and allow things to, to grow and morph and expand and give it time to, to, to do that, we'll find perfection along the way and elegance will mature out of it. Ah, that's really good. That's a great quote right there. And, and so many people battle time, but to have that perspective uh, of patience uh, with self and otherwise, that's mm-hmm. a great way to, to end. So um, thank you very much, Terrieth. It was great to have you on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I love the way you're showing up in the world and really supporting other people. Congratulations. It's, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you.